0: What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. With the world of comic books and pop culture ever-changing, How are fans meant to keep up with the trends in the industry? Is the new event from the Big Two worth reading? What's the story on that show from that network about that
1: hero from that comic book? Can I trust a movie review from someone who hasn't even read the source material? We have the answers you
0: seek. These are my Big Fat Pull List's Current Issues. Welcome to our fourth installment of Current Issues, where your hosts talk about what they think are the most important news items going on in the world of comic books and pop culture. These topics are triple fact-checked and double-researched for you, the listener, so as not to be dumped into the fake news bin for shoddy reporting. I am Mr. X. Mav Danger reporting in. And I am Dr. Impact. Smurfy is on assignment. Our top stories for this episode include a look at Dan Slott and his plans for Tony Stark in the Iron Man 2020 event. Traveling to Image Comics to explore Undiscovered Country by Scott Snyder. And trying not to choke on our popcorn during a review of the new film Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Spoiler from this moment on spoilers are in effect in the show notes for this episode on our website we will have listed the time code for each of these segments so if you do not want to be spoiled by something that we're talking about just skip ahead go watch read or do what you have to and then finish the episode later you have been warned Iron Man 2020. So recently I've been picking up Tony Stark Iron Man. And I want to say end of 2018 was when uh, the book started. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis was writing Iron Man. Okay. Uh, Was it Invincible Iron Man or just Iron Man?
1: I I, think it was Invincible
0: Iron Man. When Bendis left the book, and actually left Marvel as well and went over to DC... Dan Slott, who had just gotten finished with an amazing decade-long run longest on Amazing
1: Amazing Spider-Man. Longest run ever, I think, on on Spider-Man.
0: You might be right.
1: We'll we'll have fact-checkers look that up later on
0: and put the actual answer in the show notes, (laughs) just in case you're wrong. Just in case I'm wrong. But I'm going to say that you're right as well. Uh, So Dan Slott got to uh, take over... Iron Man, and the, the book was rebranded Tony Stark, Iron Man. And because it's Dan Slott, not because it's Iron Man, because it's Dan Slott, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to pick this up. Yep. I'm, I'm an Iron Man fan, and you can thank Robert Downey Jr. for that in the Marvel films, because before Iron Man was a character that I knew of, and oh, wow, that's cool, he's got a suit of armor that can do really cool stuff. It wasn't until the Marvel films that you go, wow, Tony Stark, what an interesting character you know i knew of some of the older iron man stories demon in a bottle
1: mm-hmm. very well-known story for iron man armor wars armor wars. and armor wars too actually <laughs> the, the second one was actually pretty good yeah. yeah i was a big fan of iron man during that era mm. during like that that uh 80s into very early 90s yeah era of iron man i had a lot of those i was a fan of the cartoon. The nineties
0: cartoon? Yeah, that yeah. Theme was oh, the yes. The nineties cartoon was great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. The nineties had good cartoons. Hulk they did, was also yeah. mm-hmm. good.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, yes. When I jumped in to reading Tony Stark, Iron Man, there was a learning curve. Okay. And I had to go back and do a little bit of research to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. Now the great thing about Dan Slott and his writing He does exposition very well to where it does not feel like a character is going, hey, sit down, time for some exposition. Right. Uh, So I was able to piece a lot of it together there, but the character of Arno Stark, Tony Stark's brother, actually the legitimate heir to the Stark Empire. I knew of Arno, but I knew the Iron Man 2020 version that was introduced back in the 80s. Because back in the 80s, the year 2020 seemed like a long way away. Oh, it was. And it was. It, it, in, the, in the 80s, 20, the year 2020 was a long way you away. You could almost say it was 40 years away. Uh, you, you could almost <laughs> say that. But nobody here is going to. All right, good. Now, Arno Stark first appeared in an issue, the second issue of Machine Man back in November of 1984 mm-hmm. and yeah. was created by Tom DeFalco and Herb Trimpe. And he wasn't a good guy. Uh, He wasn't even the the brother of Tony Stark. This was the future, so it was actually his nephew. Arno Stark was the nephew of Tony Stark. Arno had bought out Tony's company and was in control of Stark Enterprises. And the Iron Man persona was more used as a mercenary Hmm. or even for espionage missions to thwart his competition. Okay, And it wasn't until later on in the, the stories when they would go back and revisit the t- year 2020 that Arno even started developing the hint of wanting to be a good guy. And that's the Arno Stark Iron Man 2020 I've, I've known for the longest time. Turns out, in the 616 Marvel Universe, and I don't know if this was Brian Michael Bendis or not... I didn't care to look that far back, mm. but the story goes, when Howard and Maria Stark were trying to have a child, they were having difficulties doing it, Okay, and to help his wife conceive, Howard scoured the world to find some sort of technology and ended up alien technology, this, this strange alien known as the 451, said, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you conceive. We're going to genetically... Alter the genes because your child is going to be very important to the future. Okay. And, you know, does the does the little cocktail. Yeah, she seems, gets pregnant. Seems reasonable so right. far. Howard discovers that there is like a, a genetic kill switch that could be activated after adolescence in case, evidently, the child grows up wrong. Mm. So Howard secretly deactivates that. The child is born. The alien was like, "All right, kid's born. I'm leaving. Good luck. I'll take my twenty dollars now, sir." <laughs> uh, the problem is, is that almost immediately after he was born, Arno couldn't breathe. He was uh, stuck in an iron lung for the majority of his his life. I mean, even going into adolescence and and adulthood, he was trapped in an iron lung. They they hide Arno away. For you know to protect him, and they just end up adopting a child,
1: <gasps> and that child is Tony. I have read Iron Man off and on throughout the years, mm-hmm. actually, um, because, like I said, I was a big fan of that that Armor Wars two stuff, and especially when he started going up against Doctor Doom right. a lot at that era, and I read the thirteen issues that were part of the Heroes Reborn run Mm -hmm. in the 90s. And I read the first, I think, 25 issues of the Sean Chen run, which was right after Heroes Reborn, the Heroes Return stuff. So off and on since then, I have read things. I read the whole Bendis run. I want to say, and I'm not 100%, but I want to say the stuff that you're talking about actually occurred somewhere during all of the Fear Itself Axis and all of that stuff, uh-huh, which is just yeah. a little bit before Bendis took over. I, I want to say it's it's in that era when they gave us the black and gold Iron Man. So just just as far as perspective of timeline of where things show up, I think that's where a lot of that came out because I wasn't reading it at the time.
0: It, it was nothing that was detrimental to enjoying Tony Stark Iron Man. Right. About halfway through 2019... You know the the big announcement happens. Hey, guess what? And guess what? Next year is twenty twenty. The fact that we get this this new version of an old story because now you can just shove that old Iron Man twenty twenty stuff into a alternate dimension. Well, I mean it is. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's yeah. an alternate Earth in the Marvel multiverse. The interesting thing about it is is how the story comes about, and for that you, we do have to take a, a few steps back to Bendis's run and even a little bit before that. Tony Stark isn't the same character as everybody is enjoying or w- was enjoying in the Marvel movies before his sad demise in Endgame. Mm-hmm. During the story Civil War II, oh. because we had to do it again. Wasn't even uh,
2: Yep,
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It would have been... Yeah. It,
0: it, the story
1: wasn't so you see, bad. The story it shouldn't have been called Civil bad, War II. It just had a bad title. That, that's yeah. that's, yeah. The, that's yeah. the problem. So the story was actually kind of interesting. The story was, was For interesting. For the most
0: part. I mean, there was things about it was. It. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. During the story, Iron Man is fighting Captain Marvel and Carol hits him so hard, he's basically put in a coma and mm-hmm. he's kind of sort of brain dead. Yeah. Uh, luckily enough, Tony Stark is a genius and has a digital copy of his consciousness there to uh, help out, at the time, Riri Wilson, who becomes the new Iron Man, later on calling herself Iron Heart. Civil War Two is important for... Tony's quote-unquote brain death, but it's also important for the first shot in Civil War II, which was the death of Rhodey. Mm-hmm. War Machine is killed by Thanos. Just randomly showing up on a street. Well, it's not randomly showing up on a street. Thanos attacks. I want to say it was the Ultimates who were dealing with Thanos and it's the 616 oh, so it's Ultimates. 616. The, yeah.
1: Uh, what was it? Marvel? Blue Marvel? Blue Marvel. Marvel yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Photon. Captain Marvel. Yeah. She yeah. was a part of that. But yeah. because she was dating Rhodey. Rhodey was there. Rhodey was involved. And Rhodey dies. I, when I say out of nowhere, I mean there was. it felt like there was no buildup to
2: it. Thanos is kind of a big deal and a pretty big heavy hitter. Well, were Just you reading Ultimates?
0: Throw down. I wasn't. Okay. There so, might have been a buildup there. Okay. My only involvement is that free comic book day issue where it happens. Yeah, yeah, same here. That's the only reason why that free comic book day issue of Avengers or the Marvel one, whatever they called it, was important was because it was the first shot fired in Civil War II. So, Rhodey's dead. Tony's essentially dead. Luckily, Arno, who is fine now because of his genius, he's been able to reverse engineer his genetics and now he's not sick. He's actually fine and dandy and actually doing a hell of a lot better than Tony. And because of his genetics, he is actually smarter than Tony. And he puts Tony in this recuperative cocoon that's supposed to heal the body. But what do you do about the brain? And one of the things that Bendis does before he leaves the book and, and Marvel is, okay, so we're going to fix things. Let's bring back Rhodey. Rhodey's body gets cloned, and a copy of his consciousness is downloaded into it. So, hey, Rhodey's back. Mm-hmm. He's got a few problems. You know, he doesn't want to be in the armor because he has PTSD. Okay, but it's still Rhodey. Same thing goes for Tony. Tony is downloaded in a new body. And all of Dan Slot's story is essentially saying, what is artificial intelligence? Is it really living? Because if it's not, then the Tony Stark we know, he's dead. Mm -hmm. Because this is a copy of a consciousness in a cloned body. And that begins this whole robot AI revolution that is happening in the background of Tony Stark Iron Man. Okay. And it builds and builds and builds to the point to where Tony is like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm not real. Mm Mm-hmm. He is Ultron. Well, no. No. It doesn't go like that. Oh. Uh, Although he does fight Ultron, after the fallout of that, Tony just couldn't deal with it anymore. It's like, I'm not real. I, I am an AI, and it seems like everybody is out to control AI, and I'm out. I'm done. And because he admits that he's not technically real, Arno, who's the real Stark... Or, or I should say also the only living remaining Stark, gets control of Stark Enterprises and the Iron Man persona, donning the God-killer armor, which is the armor that Arno Stark was introduced in back in November of 84 when he was originally introduced in the issue of Machine Man. Right. So there we go. Tony Stark is no longer Iron Man. Arno is, and that starts off the Iron Man 2020 event. And it seems Arno has a purpose. He has a reason. There is a mission. He was given a vision that some sort of evil alien intelligence is coming to Earth mm-hmm. and will destroy the Earth unless all of the robots AIs rise up And join forces with humanity to fight it. And because there's so much strife between humanity and artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. Arno's plan is, all right, well, we just take away their free will. We make them help fight the big bad and I save humanity.
2: Ta-da! Reasonable. Seems reasonable. Well,
0: again, it's it's the case of you have a character who has good intentions. Mm -hmm. He wants to save the world. But he's going about it in the wrong way because he's cold and calculating, even though he's been jealous of Tony his entire life. So now we get this absolutely bonker storyline where Iron Man is technically a hero, but but not because he's only doing the things that he wants to do hero wise. Mm mm-hmm. And you have all of the artificial intelligent robot characters of the Marvel universe, or at least ninety percent of them. Yeah. Over here, starting this robot revolution.
2: Viva la robot, Bernie! Uh,
0: one of one of the char- <laughs> one of the characters that uh, you're fond of, Machine, Machine Man, Man, Aaron, Aaron Stack. Okay. Is like second in command of the the robot revolution. This is a major event, and one of the reasons why I am determined to pick up every issue that is involved, because there's some tie-ins. I
2: am picking up Machine Man 2020 today. Oh,
0: did you? Okay.
2: Uh, Okay, so before I read, is Jocasta anywhere to be seen? Oh, Oh, she's
0: important. Like, hugely important. Tight. She's she's a main character in Tony Stark Iron Man. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact. Oh, kind of makes me want to go pick it up now. Uh, yeah. Wow. Actually, I actually. Joking aside, I actually really liked
2: that character. And they had and, some good And art Dan,
0: sport. Dan Slott, one of the reasons why I love Dan Slott is, is because. Is side character, I was buildings. just going to say. It's yes. Yep. Beautiful. Yes, yes. And Jocosta is, is no exception. Okay. She is actually. Kind of like the main driving force. I was of... going to
1: say, she's almost the main character of that book. Right. I mean, Tony himself is almost a side character. Her relationship uh, and, and with
0: Machine Man yeah, yeah. is because cause she likes humanity. She likes working with humans to the point to where, you know, sometimes maybe she daydreams about being human. Now, of course, at this point in time, Machine Man, Aaron, he can't have any of that. He just hates all the fleshies. Yeah. Flesh bags? Exa- yes. Pray to your fleshy gods. And watch them weep as yeah, what I do it's, to you. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the hype that I've given the Dan Slott and his writing on this subject uh, has, has piqued your interest, there are definitely, there are trades out there. It, they shouldn't be hard to find. You can even probably find individual issues in the back issue bins at your local comic book stores. I prefer individual issues, but if you're a trade paperback kind of a person, go for it. You can I think definitely the, find them. the
1: final issue of the Tony Stark Iron Man run, issue 19, I think is the hardest one to get. Yes. Because I think it took you a couple weeks to find it, right, Mr. I, I missed but out even... on the first printing. I had to get a second printing. Oh, you do have a second printing. Yeah, I have oh, a second okay. printing. I missed out on it at our local comic shop, uh, shop here in the St. Louis area called Justin's Comics. I missed out on it there. But I did eventually come across a variant. Mm. So I did get a first print variant of issue 19. But, yeah, I think that's the hardest one single issue-wise to get.
0: Yeah, but if you wait for a trade, you won't have to hunt that one down. Iron Man 2020. It's a six-issue miniseries. But then there are uh, a—it's a plethora. There's a nice little checklist uh, available. We'll have a link to it in the show notes Mm -hmm. for this episode. Mm-hmm. You've got Iron Man 2020. Right. Machine Man gets a two-issue miniseries. Okay, then we also get Force Works 2020. They get a three-issue miniseries, and I do believe Force Works is going to have Rhodey in the in the War Machine armor, yeah. along with a handful of other characters.
1: Well, didn't he put it on again during the the, the fight final with, Ultron. Story yeah. with Ultron? it's yeah. like there was yeah. no other
0: choice. It's like I got I have to do this, yeah. or we're all dead. So War Machine is back but he's got an attitude (laughs) because he doesn't like being trapped in the machine. Mm -hmm. Then we also have rescue Mm -hmm. 2020 two issues of that pepper Potts. When Tony is in trouble, pepper's going to come a running. Mm -hmm. It's, it's no surprise there. Iron age, which I, I feel is just going to be a, a giant double sized collection of short stories about robot AI characters. That'll be, featured in the background for this story that get a little bit of attention here. Mm-hmm. And then the one that uh, went through some changing before the actual real checklist came out, uh, originally a few months ago, this this last series was called Weapon Hex. <gasps> Everybody was very, whoa, 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 what is, what's that going to be? What is that going to deal with? Now, since the announcement is out and a checklist is available and more information is coming out, they, they've changed the name. It's actually called I Wolverine lowercase i wolverine it is a two issue miniseries albert bringing back albert oh, the yeah, wolverine man. clone and oh, lcd wow. and lcd written by mr Hama himself oh, oh i'm all in on that wow. yeah I know mostly on on the podcast I'll go about you don't have to always get every single issue of an event. You're getting every single issue of I'm an event. getting every single issue of this event because this is the first time I'm actually actively collecting Iron Man. Okay. And I feel like since this is the fir- my first real Iron Man event, mm-hmm. I owe it to myself as yeah. the fan of the property. To get everything and then make my decision on which which things I wasted my money on and <laughs> which things didn't. So we'll definitely let you know in the future how things work out. Mm-hmm. But if I can real quick, yes. I feel there is a subtle difference
2: between this Iron Man event having stories that are centric about it versus the Avengers where it's like or like a big multi-universe crossover where it's like, all right, well I guess yeah bring in X-Men. Oh, okay, bring in the Fantastic Four who Who's this new teen? Teen X? Bring them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It feels like everything you named organically fits into the Iron Man story. And like you said, whether it will or not is something we will discuss yeah. later. Right. right. As opposed to the red sky that just randomly appears in one issue of one event, but it's still got tie-in on it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I think that's a good thing to do for something like Iron Man is to get
0: everything. I'm glad you agree. Okay. <laughs> We actually you, you, heard it, a lot. you heard it here first, folks. He agreed with me again. For like a oh, 16th time. I want to know, are you reading the Iron Man 2020 event? If so, what are your thoughts? Head on over to our website at com and let us know your thoughts on Dan Slot
1: and his take on Iron Man
0: 2020.
1: Undiscovered Country from Scott Snyder. July 20th, 2029. Zero Day. The ceiling. The day the borders closed. The day the world lost America, perhaps forever. One day. One single act by the country's leaders. But the seeds of that catastrophe had been sown many years before. That is essentially the start of the new Image book, Undiscovered Country. That's basically the the initial idea. So this is a book that is written by Scott Snyder from DC Metal, Dark Knight's Metal, and Batman New 52 fame. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Charles Sewell, Soleil, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. So if I've mispronounced it, forgive me. This is a new book from Image. It's only four issues in, at least as of this recording. I kind of picked it up on a lark because I thought, well, you know, Snyder, for the most part, is pretty good. Not right. Yeah. And I'm always open to a new image title if it's, you know, something that sounds interesting. But but sometimes futuristic post-apocalyptic stuff can kind of get to be a little redundant and silly and stupid. And then also, too, everybody kept talking about how hyped up it was and and, and how big of a deal this book was going to be. So I thought, okay, fine, you know, I'll pick up the first issue just in case, and if I don't like it, I'll flip it and get rid of it somehow. Upon reading it, uh, I've now read the first four issues. I'm hooked, and it's, it's probably one of my favorite books out now. It's, it's moved to the top of my, my pile, my read pile, for every month when it comes out. So the basic idea is it has been 30 years since the United States of America walled itself off from the rest of the world completely. No communications in or out, no way in or out. There was um, something developed somewhere around the year 2029 that basically kind of put the, the whole country under a dome. So you can't, you literally cannot fly in. It's like an invisible dome or like a force field that has been put over the country. And this starts roughly somewhere around 30 years after this event, after the ceiling, as they call it. And you have these two main characters, Lottie and her brother Daniel. And Lottie and Daniel were about six or seven-ish when the sealing occurred, and they are American. And they were rushed out of the country by their parents, but their parents did not go with them. Okay. So they have grown up outside of the country, and and the rest of the, the world has progressed further.
2: In Mexico or Canada.
1: You know, it didn't say where they were sent to yet. There are a lot of questions and a lot of mysteries in this book. Okay. And it's it's one of those deals where you get a couple of answers each issue. Like, let's say maybe you get three or four answers per issue, and then it asks another one or two questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's always kind of a, a scary thing to get into when you're when you're reading one of these kinds of books, these mystery books. You don't want them to ask more questions per issue than are answered per issue. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of the opposite, you know, you are getting more answers than questions are being asked, but the big questions, of course, they're going to hold off until, you know, further down the line. When the story starts, there is a disease that is sweeping the the world called the sky flu. And a lot of times they they talk about how the sky is falling. And this is the sky flu. And I don't know any, they haven't released any details about what the sky flu is, but it's pretty nasty and it will take you down... In a matter of days. We still don't know, at least in the books yet, they they have not said where the Sky Flu started or how. But Charlotte is trying to work desperately to find a cure to the Sky Virus, the Sky Flu. Her brother, meanwhile, is wanted by the two major superpowers in the world. So in the years since the sealing... The two major powers in the world are the Euro-Afrique Alliance. Okay. And it and it never exactly says what countries or what areas are actually a part of that alliance. At least it hasn't yet.
2: Yeah, but I mean the name alone gives some it ideas. It gives, gives
1: you some ideas, yeah. And then the other major power is the Pan-Asiatic Prosperity Zone. And they are known as, the, the alliance are known as freaks. By the zoners and the Asiatic zone is known as zoners by the freaks, and they're the kind of the two major world powers that are constantly at war when the book starts this this organization has gotten a distress signal almost from the United States of America. It is the first time that America has contacted anyone outside of their borders since the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so this group is brought together with uh, a representative from the Zoners, a representative from the Alliance. This Dr. Charlotte is brought in. There is a a young man who is a historical expert on American history pre-Sealing era. So he just he loves anything that what we consider now to be pop culture. He looks at it as history. Okay. Uh, he is brought in as a historical expert. And then there's a journalist who is brought in as well to document. And then Charlotte's brother, Daniel. Daniel is brought in. He is a mercenary for hire. And he is the only man in the last 30-some-odd years who got close to breaking in to the United States.
2: Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me for backtracking. Maybe yeah, yeah. You said it. I missed it. Did the United States enact the ceiling itself or did it just happen
1: no they enacted it themselves okay they enacted it themselves there isn't a lot known about the ceiling when you read issue one one of the nice things about this book is that in the back of of every issue they include a timeline of the 10 years leading up to the ceiling event and each issue gives you another piece of information in that timeline. Okay. So as you read the book, by the time you get to the end of issue three, you have gotten all of the pieces that are important to the lead up to the ceiling. Issue four then has a very lengthy, I think it's a double page timeline in the back of it that goes into great detail uh, of events. What occurs in the first issue and what, what really caught me is the first issue starts with the team all assembled on a helicopter flying towards what was once the coast of California. And they're worried about whether or not they can get through the, the, the shield, the seal. And they fly in and no one attacks them. And they thought, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. We are the first people in 30 years to have any contact with America. When, They come up to the actual coast itself. You see what looks to be about a 100 to 200 at least foot high wall built along the coast. And apparently this wall runs around the entire nation, coasts and everything. And they get hit by a missile. They get shot down. So they crash. What happens after the crash is then it flashes back to when Charlotte was recruited for this mission. And that's kind of the the structure of the whole book. You get a little bit of where they're at currently, and then it flashes back to okay. one yeah. of the members, how they got recruited. In those flashbacks, you get little pieces of information. But okay. that doesn't mean that you don't get information in the current stuff. When they come across, I think they crash somewhere... I want to say it's in like the Nevada area, Arizona area, somewhere deserty like that. When they've crashed, they, they look up and there is what looks like a cross between a Mad Max army and a moving city like you would see in the film Mortal Engines. Now, okay. I, I didn't see the movie *Mortal Engines*, but I saw the trailers enough, and <laughs> right. yeah, you know, so I, I, I can same. So right, I so you get the, the idea. So it's kind of a mix between the two, and it's coming right at them, and leading the charge are people dressed in what looked to be tin foil like bandages from head to toe, similar to what you would see. You know, NASA would cover things with the kind of you know, protective foil covering. They're kind of wrapped in that, and they're riding. Mutated creatures. Uh, Some of them are sharks with legs. Some of them are like gigantic centipedes that have, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) crab claws or something. I mean, it's these crazy monsters. And then it flashes back again to the team all gathered prior to leaving to watch the message that they got from America. And the message is from a Dr. Sam Elgin, who looks suspiciously like Uncle Sam. (laughs) <laughs> he says that he knows that the problems that are going on in uh, in the rest of the world, and even though they haven't been in touch with the rest of the world, they have been watching. America has been watching. They realize that no one has a cure for the Sky Virus. The rest of the world has about six months before the Sky Virus has annihilated enough people for the entire world to fall into societal collapse. And... America has a cure, and it's time for America to be a shining beacon for the world again. They will allow a, a group to come in to get the cure and go out, and if all goes well, then maybe they'll open their borders in the future. And they're very proud of what America has become. I mean, I, sharks with writable shark well, legs. I, I Who would <laughs> would, wouldn't too, be proud right? of that? Right? right? Yeah. Well, what what happens is, when it flashes back to the current time. The group is brought in to a cave by a completely different person, dressed head to toe in like a coat and and all this stuff. But he's wearing an American flag on his chest, a patch of of, of the flag. When they when he brings them into this cave, he takes his his mask off, and it's Doctor Sam Elgin. There you know he says something like, "We've been expecting you. We knew that you guys were coming." And they were like, "Well, we've been you know what happened." Why did you guys shoot us down? You invited us here in your message. And he says, I never sent you a message. But we know exactly who you are because we've been waiting for you. You are the prophecy to fix America. And that's kinda how issue one ended. And <laughs> right? I was like, Okay, I'm 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 interested. I'm hooked. Yeah. I don't want to say too much more about issues two through four at this point because I don't want to spoil anything past issue one. Even but they, though we have a spoiler warning Even though we do. I'm thinking about picking this up. But I don't want to spoil it for you guys, you know. I'm just going to borrow yours. (laughs) That's true. You (laughs) probably will.
2: I'm just going to borrow Mr. X's when he breaks down and borrows yours. Yeah, when he
1: breaks down, yeah. It's it's been really amazing, and each issue has been very good and very informative in, in building this world. But the one thing that I will spoil, because this is kind of what hooked me with issue three, is that the historical... Pop culture expert, Ace is his name, who is brought along. When you get his backstory, you discover that he's living in Canada. And he sends birds through the impenetrable dome. Somehow birds can fly through. Okay. And we don't know why or how. They haven't even addressed that. But somehow birds can get through. His theory, based on the information that he's gathered, is that time works differently in america than it does in the rest of the world Hmm. and the idea is that he sends a bird in with a coin dipped in some sort of solution that he has created and when the coin has been exposed to the atmosphere in america and it comes out the other side he retrieves it hits it with a different solution and depending on what color the coin changes will depend on how much faster time progresses in America than it does in the rest of the world. And in issue three, he discovers that time doesn't necessarily change. It's that there's no getting out of whatever is holding America intact that way. Hmm. And we still don't. There's still no info yet. There's only four issues. They haven't, you know, developed that because then they, then they get attacked at that point by the Destiny Man, which is the the king of the Southwest, essentially. They have. I'm the Duke of New York. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is very much like that in in some cases. Yeah, America has it looks like been broken up into individual areas. Yeah. and Seems to be the way to do it nowadays. It yep. does. Yeah. Little fiefdoms almost. Mm-hmm. And the Destiny Man is the the first one that we've met. He's the ruler of the mutated walking shark creatures and things. And he knows the way into the next zone. Hmm. But Uncle Sam, or no, Uncle Sam rather, uh, Dr. Sam Elgin, he knows the way into the next zone. The, the Destiny Man has the key through the doorway. So they have to obviously go and get the key, and so this first story arc is is all about trying to infiltrate the Destiny Man's rolling city his thing. rolling city thing, yeah, and try to try to get the key. So it sounds like
0: do whatever the United States did to create said invisible barrier didn't actually go as planned. It didn't go as planned.
1: It seems like that, and it has something to do with the Aurora Project. Because each issue talks about something called the Aurora Project, which is something that happened in Colorado, and someone called Aurora that people have to report to. It has not developed much about that. Now, in issue one, you discover there was something called the Aurora Project. In an issue later... You find out where it's at, and then an issue after that, you find out that there might be someone. So it's it, the breadcrumbs, yeah, it gives you the breadcrumbs. It gives you answers as you go. So essentially, it's lost, in a sense, but with more answers. Being but with given, more answers. With more answers being given and and more regularly, at least within the first four issues. Right,
2: right. And sharks with legs.
0: And, and, sh- and sharks well, yeah. with legs. Yeah, I-, I think I would have stuck with Lost a little bit longer had there been sharks. Had there been with sharks legs. with Agreed. legs. Yeah,
1: and and the other thing too that is nice about it is. You know there are very lengthy, about three or four page, writer and publisher and editor notes in the back of each issue, where they break down the process of developing this book and oh, and, okay. and how they went about it and how long. Apparently, this is something that these two have been developing and writing for you know something like six or seven years now, Jeez. and trying to build and uh, and it worked out time wise for it to to launch now.
0: See that's funny because usually you don't get the special features. For comic books unless you buy unless you buy the paperback yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and this is yeah this you get it with the issues so i like you that. also yeah. get the artist whose name is giuseppe kemincoli and danielle orlandini you also get their their character sketches in the back of some issues so nice. you get to okay, see yeah. how they developed characters and the looks of things so yeah you you get a lot for your dollar with this book which is also nice but one of the things that I found interesting was there was an issue where instead of talking about their breakdown, they decided to not just publish people's letters, but rather answer questions that they have received via online and via social media. Okay. And that. Cool, cool. And one of the questions was I can't, something to the effect of, I can't find any information about how long this series will run. Is it a mini series or is it ongoing? And the answer was, essentially, this is ongoing. They said there are a lot of writers who will approach stories by sitting down and starting with characters and letting the characters tell them where the story goes. Some people will start with a story idea and see how it progresses with time. They are not those kinds of writers, apparently. They like sitting down and, in as much detail as they can... Plotting out the complete end of the story, and then figuring out how to get there. Yeah, mm. there you go. I like and that. And I do too. I mm. do too. And they said that the the final story arc is completely plotted out. They have left things open enough, so that if it's more popular and the book can go longer, it can. But it will always lead to that story. But as of right now, they're looking at fifty issues, roughly. Okay. Fifty I can, issues I can to tell. Yeah, yeah, fifty issues to tell the story. Give or take, depending on how popular the book stays. Uh, but either way, it will always end up in the destination that they've pre-planned when it's,
0: for. When it's not mainstream superhero comics, I, I kind of get a kick out of, and it doesn't even have to be superheroes, but I like the fact that, especially Image mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some of the other companies, they'll allow creators to go, okay, I've got this story, mm-hmm. and it'll bring you money. Because we're going it's it's gonna be a handful of issues, even probably more than that. But it does have an ending. There yeah. is a time where we will be closing the book. Yeah. And I like I, I like how I can be told, hey, stick around for a while. Yeah. But you're not going it's not gonna be thirty years, you're gonna have to worry right. about picking this right. up.
1: Yeah. You don't have to worry about, well, is there gonna be a strike in the middle or that, you know, like lost <laughs> it. Right. And again, I, I loved lost. I'm one of the people that tuffed toughed it out through the, that bad year and a half during the strike what and do you everything. What, want? frickin' metal. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I toughed I'll get it you, out. I'll get you a cookie and when I, we leave. And I am glad that I did, but I didn't want to get stuck in that trap again. In reading the stuff in the back of these issues, I was very pleased to know that they're far more plotted out than something like Lost was. Hmm. Um, and that it will lead to what what is set up in issue one. So it's it's like I said it's probably my my one of my favorite books. It definitely goes to the top of my pile now, especially after the last two issues. Ah, oh, the coveted spot, the coveted spot of the the reading order. And I also just read recently that it has been optioned by a studio already hmm. four issues in. four
0: issues issue four just came out just today <laughs> just
1: as of this recording and, and, and it's already been everybody option, loves yeah. the post apocalypse and i i don't know if it's been optioned for a film or a television series well for something like i this, would this hope would it's a tv, series. TV series. and i would hope it's a series for hbo or amazon yeah. or maybe netflix i would be okay with that too but it i mean you have to almost do that as a show to really develop it.
2: well, the way you describe the way they write, I would be fine with it as opposed yes. to, yeah, say Game of Thrones.
0: Well, because you we also think, know that there's an uh, ending, too. Yes, because yeah, if is you're going to do a show and yep. you'd want it to kind of sort of feel like mm-hmm. the book, well, you, you, it's going to end too. Yeah,
1: you got to know, you know, so that it all ties together. So, um, so yeah, my, my topic is undiscovered country. I cannot recommend it enough to people, hopefully, based on the things that I have read by Snyder in the past with Dark Knight Metal and The Court of Owls, yeah. and uh, No Justice, and the whole Justice Do More, and all that stuff that, that he did for DC. I'm sure there will be down points. I'm sure there will be issues that are not as good. For this one, i got to say, based on Snyder as a writer, stick through it. I, I think this one's going to be worth sticking through for the whole run.
0: Well, I'm definitely going to borrow your copies and read them, and if I get a kick out of it, I know I probably wouldn't go month to month, but I'd... I'm pretty sure that I would go trade paper trades for it yeah yeah, Yeah. that's kind of what I was thinking yeah
1: and that's where we ask you have you been picking up Undiscovered Country from Image Comics if so what do you think of the series so far and if not are you interested enough now to either get the trades when they come out or to hunt down the single issues head on over to our social media accounts on Twitter Instagram and the Facebook, and let us know. The Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous
2: Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So from here on, uh, just for ease's sake, I'm just going to call it uh, Birds of Prey. I would appreciate that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) The reason this is kind of a current issue and not a longer one, as we have done films in the past, I... I've done, I think, Teen Titans Go and a couple of other ones, uh, is because uh, I saw the movie with Smurfy and a friend of mine, Sean, and when asked if Mr. X and Dr. Impact wanted to go, they said no, and when I pressured them why, they revealed that they were indeed basement-dwelling, women-hating, man-children, toy-loving, Nazi, misogynistic assholes. There was like two things in that list that are true. And we'll leave
1: it to you to figure out which. No, neither one of us were happy with you know the Suicide, Suicide squad. squad, and Jinx neither Shoneko. one of us are big Harley Quinn fans to begin with. Uh, nah. Well, Margot b-
0: Robbie's portrayal that she would. Yes, we like the, the old animated, the Harley written Quinn. portrayal yeah. that Margot
1: yeah. Robbie is playing. Yes. And we like Margot Robbie. She's fine. Yeah. We just, yeah, we were not fans of the Suicide Squad or the portrayal of And it's of not her fault, like Harlequin. I said. Yeah. It's the writing. And it doesn't, it does not look like the Birds of Prey. I That's mean, not you, the Birds of Prey it, that if I you know. Take, yeah, even if you take Harlequin out of it and just, so based on all of that, we just had no desire. I'll we'll wait. We'll see it eventually. Yeah, I'll wait. But, um,
0: yeah. I don't, I'm not going to give the movie theaters and therefore the studio my money because, I, I don't like what they're putting out. Women know. hating massages. I think the only thing that might get me to see it anytime time sooner is because of Ewan McGregor. I love no, Ewan McGregor. yeah. And if he's the bad yeah. guy, which he is, he's the black mask,
1: I would... Yeah, that's true. I do like that, Ewan McGregor. Yeah.
0: That might be enough for me. But other than that, I really don't care about this collection of birds...
1: That so prey on people that's mm-hmm. that's why we we said no but but please enlighten us
2: okay well I agree with you I thought suicide squad was probably one of the worst uh, movies I've ever seen structurally filmography wise like I'm not a big like you know when you guys talk about stuff I sit at the kids table when it comes to lighting and things but even I noticed a lot of issues <laughs> right. structurally acting etc cetera, etc cetera, with suicide squad I hated the movie save uh, Captain boomerang he was fantastic. Yeah. No,
0: you're, you're right. Yeah. I it's, didn't hate
2: Will Smith. Will Smith is Will Smith, Will Smith. in every movie. Just, yeah, right. he was just you Will Smith. You can't hate yeah. Will Smith. He's not going to play a different character. He's just always going to play Will Smith in different scenarios. Right. So, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinzel. Honestly, I actually also had no interest in seeing it because, again, I did not like Suicide Squad. But my two people I talked to whose opinions I I respect when it comes to movies said, think of it less as Suicide Squad and more of Deadpool 2.
1: I said, okay. you know, that is not the first time I've heard this movie compared to Deadpool.
2: Yeah. And I said, okay, And it was from two people who made the the same comparison. So I said, you know what? Tuesday nights are five dollar movie nights. The movie, written by Christina Hodson and directed by Kathy Yan, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey is a very, very loose sequel to the 2016 disaster Suicide Squad movie. With, obviously, Margot Robbie reprising the role as Harley Quinzel and starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, a personal favorite of mine both as the actress who I know mostly as Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. and also the character who I loved in Justice League and Limited. Who would I would then go on to read some of her books based on what I saw from Justice League Unlimited. Huntress is a great character. She is. Yeah. Yeah. To me, she is the more logical Batman.
1: You should, uh, if you ever get a chance, Pistol, if you like Huntress, you should check out the Grant Morrison JLA run. Okay. Which was uh, her, she was a, a, one of the second batch of recruits. Hmm. I think somewhere around issue 15 or something like that, and was on the team for quite a while. It was a, it was a nice inclusion. She was great in that book. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. I mean, I have the DC app. I can do that. Yeah. Journey
2: Smollett-Bell as Black Canary. Rosie Perez as Detective Montoya. I can't really think of something that I've seen Rosie Perez in, but I know I've seen her in things. Do you know what I mean? She's I mean, one she's of those been actors. Around for a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's good at what she does. Good for Rosie Perez for getting right? that that mm-hmm. DC money though. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Good for her. Yeah. And then as you already mentioned, uh Ewan McGregor is the Black Mask. Essentially the film follows the events after the shitstorm that was Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. And the Joker breaking up with her.
0: Oh, the Joker breaks up with Harley. Yeah, okay. so it's, the
2: other way around. No. So essentially what happens is like it's not so much Deadpool that I think she looks at the camera and talks to us maybe twice. But she narrates the whole movie as need be. Mm. So
0: she kind of recants everything that happens. So it's not
1: really breaking the fourth wall fully.
0: Right. Yes, but if she does it twice in the movie, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. If it is, you do it, is, it once, it is breaking. You break, you've yeah, broken you the broken wall. Yep. Correct. Yep. And essentially it's, it's her dealing
2: with the backlash of that and then having to get her own place, start her own thing. But for a while she tells no one that the Joker and her on the splits because... The Joker holds a lot of power through fear. Right. You don't mess with Harley Quinn because then you get the wrath of the Joker. And one of the people that absolutely hates her is Black Mask. For a while, she stays at his club. So just because? Well, because she's done things to him. They actually, uh-huh. actually when, she, when introducing characters, they actually introduce who they are and their list of grievances with Harley Quinn. Which is a fun, okay, that's, un- mm, that's, a, that's, that's kind that's of cool. Yeah. Which is a fun uh, ongoing game. All right, there are breaks, hmm. there is blood, and there are people getting shot, in it. it is fun. Okay. okay, I could tell you everything that happens in it, obviously, as we have done, but I, I kind of want to hit on a couple of notes and a couple of things that I don't that I did like and I didn't like because I don't okay, want to basically sure. just yeah. be like, "Here's the movie, I liked it." <laughs> All the acting then this was great. All right, even I think they really did a service here to harley quinn because she's able to go kind of in and out of the doctor persona as well like when she deals with certain people she is able to deduce issues with them and they kind of work through them i think all the fights in this are great or at the very worst very good they're Hmm. all absolute fun there's a fight in a fun house Hmm. and i absolutely love it that sounds okay yeah uh, at the end of the movie, they have to, since you don't care, and we've already put spoilers up, they have to protect the kid. So Harley takes him to an old hideout, which is uh, on the edge of the pier, and it's, of course, a broken-down amusement park. Okay, so you say kid. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah. So who's this kid? Here's and, the kid. And why do we have to protect him? Her. And the kid is Cassandra Kane. This is the only... This is What? This is my not nitpick, but issue. But even then, like... Smurphy and I had this discourse quickly where I don't expect everything to be a one-to-one to the comics because these aren't the comics.
1: Well, yeah, and it's a certain... different medium. Things that work on paper don't always work Correct. on film. Sure.
2: And the the mindset of someone writing a film is not the same as someone writing a series of comics. I take what I'm given, and if I enjoy it, you've earned my money. Marvel can make, probably I would give them, three terrible movies... And I would still go to those movies, and then after the third one, I'd be like, Okay, you know what? I'll wait. I'm out. DC has long lost my money, which <laughs> right. is why they get the $5. I still haven't even seen Batman Superman, and I won't, unless you ask for it at Patreon. But I have no plans to see anything, uh, except for Shazam I bought for f- 5 bucks, I want to say, Black Friday. So essentially, Cassandra Kane is a kid. Black Canary is a lounge singer at Cyanus's bar. Just so you know, Cyanus is also Black Mask. I know you two know that, right? but mm-hmm. somebody listening might For anybody might that, not. that doesn't know that, now you do. Yes. So I will probably switch between back and forth. Still a uh, mob boss? Yes. Okay. He is on the up and coming. So the point is that there is a diamond. You find this out probably a third of the way through. That has a code inscribed on it. And if you can get it, you can get Bertrelli's fortune. A lot of people might know Helena Bertrelli hmm. as the Huntress. Helena Bertrelli's backstory is that she comes from a Mafia from family. From a Mafia family, yeah. In this, the Mafia family is gunned down by an old mobster making a play for them and four henchmen. And that does come into play. Huntress, we don't, I feel we don't get enough of, but I feel the way they use her is fun enough that I will allow it. <laughs> whatever. Oh, we're, we're so glad that you all are. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're welcome. It's so big of you. I am a big person. And from there, let's let's step away from Huntress for a second. Uh, we have to focus back to the diamond. The diamond is the key to their fortune. And since they're all assumed dead, whoever gets the diamond gets the fortune. And Sionis wants the fortune because he's been cut off from his father. That's essentially the plot. The only other issue I have is Sionis' right-hand man is Victor Zaz. But Victor Zaz is less of a serial killer and more of a Mr. Smithers to Mr. Burns almost. Where it feels like he he loves Sianus and wants to keep him calm at all hmm. times. Because when yeah. Sianus loses his cool black mask.
0: Oh oh okay. So See that's that's a different take mm-hmm. on the character there. Right, yeah. Zaz, I, I feel Zaz has gone through because of the show Gotham right zazz was handled in a completely different way and i don't think we have ever gotten dark serial yeah, killer no. i make a notch in my skin for every kill he does zazz here he does. For every person he kills, he might do that. He does yeah, But, but does yes, it. I understand you yes. saying, So if you're yes. comparing him to Mr. Smithers mm-hmm. instead of a raving no, lunatic I mean, who wants who wants nothing to he, do he but sounds, kill.
1: He sounds more like a, and this is going to sound strange, but he sounds more like a, a cross between a Mr. Smithers and a Colin Farrell bullseye.
2: Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. To me.
0: Yeah. That would be, that would well, be yeah, yeah That's not Zaz.
2: Correct. And those are my two things. But again- Movies versus comics, I'm willing to say this is a good source material. This is, we'll see what happens. So, Cassandra Kane is a street urchin and she picks pockets. She just so happens to get the diamond. And of course, like all children, when caught because she is picked up by the police, she starts hiding things in her cast, in her shirt. She opens the compact to find the diamond, stares at it for a second, and then swallows it so she will not be caught with it. So now Cyanus wants it, but on the side he also wants to kill Harley Quinn because at this time he's found out she is no longer the Joker's girl. How does he know this? She makes a huge declaration and blows up Ace Chemicals. Oh wow, Ace Chemicals, isn't it? Yeah. Oh cool. So now there's kind of two plots. He eventually does get his hands on Harley and before he kills her, she bargains with him. She says, "Cyanus, I've come to bargain." She bargains that she can get the diamond from the GCPD and that will essentially buy her time before he can kill her. She's planning to you know, betray him anyway or at least bargain the kid for the life. Right. She goes into GCPD and hijinks ensue. While this is happening, every now and then there's someone called the crossbow killer because every now and then this person will show up and kill someone with a crossbow. I don't feel I'm doing it as good a service as it is. It is a little back and forth. But the acting and the action really make this super fun. And Harley getting her own apartment, getting a hyena, naming him Bruce for that hunky Bruce Wayne. It's all Uh, fun. Okay.
0: See, I would have gotten two hyenas and named him Bud and Lou, Mm -hmm. like the animated series. Mm -hmm. But that's just Mm -hmm. me. Calm
2: down. Because, you know, I actually know the source developer. material.
1: Yes. So here, here's a question that Shoot. I have about all of this. Because, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, things can change. And, yeah, they're going to do their own thing. And, yeah, they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. do it in their own weird DC movie, cinematic whatever way. Right. Cassandra Kane. Yes. Obviously, they're not starting her off as Batgirl. Correct. So that's already different. hmm And obviously she doesn't have any ties with... The Al Ghul family or the Shadows or anything like that, I'm assuming. I would imagine not. By just the end of it, Carly takes her
2: on as an apprentice.
1: Okay. My, my other question is, if she's just a street urchin, right. does she have limited vocabulary?
2: No, she is fully communicable.
1: And Then that's not Cassandra Cain.
2: Well, yeah. and here's one of my issues with the movie. Again, I will never not say this movie isn't fun, because this movie is very fun. The fight scene in the, uh, in the abandoned amusement park is is very fun, especially. Cassandra Cain isn't necessary. You don't need Cassandra Cain or the diamond in the movie. It sounds
1: like they didn't have her, so... Well,
2: (laughs) you don't need the child in the diamond. Gotcha, gotcha. Because they've established enough people want to get their hands on Harley Quinn that that could have been the movie. Once it's discovered that Harley Quinn is no longer under the Joker's protection, that could have been the movie. It's just people coming at her. Because it doesn't change Huntress's motive, because... You find out the people she's killing are the mafia boss who gunned down her family, and the four henchmen who who were the gunners.
0: Yeah, she's killing people that deserve it. Yes, so like her character like does. Her character does in the
2: source material. So you don't. So she doesn't change. Montoya wants to get Harley Quinn because she's a criminal. Yeah. She wants. She's, she's building a, cop, a case. So yeah. yeah, she's building a case against Cyanus, who she feels is a bigger threat. So at the end of the movie, when they all have to come together, that still makes sense. And Black Canary, who sings at Cyanus's club and eventually becomes his driver after she shows she can fight, still can have that conscious choice to betray Cyanus because he's fucking crazy. There's a scene in there where something goes wrong and Cyanus loses his temper, goes over to a table, yells at a woman, makes her stand up in his club, tells her to dance, and then has a guy cut a dress off her while she's crying. And it is very uncomfortable. And Ewan McGregor is fantastic. Ewan McGregor has a good time. This You you can tell whether it was a good movie or not, Ewan McGregor didn't care. He was going to have a good time with it. It's this. always a better time playing the bad guy. Right? That's... And he has a pretty good time. Yeah. So really, everybody's motivations stay basically the same with a slight tweak to Black Canary where instead she doesn't like the way it handles and betrays him at the funhouse. Mm-hmm. But they all still come together without this small child for a very same reason. Defeat Cyanus. So you don't need the kid. You can just cut Cassandra Cain and the diamond completely out.
0: Well, it also sounds like you didn't need to call this "Birds of Prey" either. Yeah. Well,
1: correct. It doesn't sound like it really has anything to do with the Birds of Prey, except in any for way. having
0: characters that are members of yeah. the team at one yeah. point. Oh yeah, this is definitely the Harley
2: Quinn movie. Like, there, I I don't know why they decided to call it "Birds of Prey" and the whatever. I think they if they would have just called it Harley Quinn. With the Birds of Prey, that would have been a much fairer title. because at Just least, Harley
0: Quinn. Just yeah. call it Harley Quinn. Have these characters. And if you want to do a Birds of Prey movie.
1: Then you spin it out of that. Then you spin yeah. out of that.
2: Well, that's yeah. kind of what this movie does at the end. Where uh, Huntress gets the diamond, so she gets her family's fortune back. And she starts funding her Montoya, who's quit the GCPD, and Black Canary. Who does have her powers, by the way. And it's referenced that she,
0: her mother had her powers, too. Oh, second generation. Oh, then. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, I will eventually see this movie. I'll eventually see it, and yeah. I will eventually give my thoughts. But I'm sorry, all of the marketing, all of the concepts behind yeah, it, and even, even you telling great. me about. I the will film, even. I will there's even still say nothing mm-hmm. that's going to get me to spend five, even yeah. five. I love you and McGregor, and mm-hmm. he's not even worth five dollars. <laughs> I, I will. Disagree. I will even
1: say that on like a Black Friday sale mm-hmm. or used or something like that to have the. Because I'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to collecting movies. Me too. I own and all I, the DC yeah, films. I own them all, good and bad. I Even Suicide yep. Squad. I have them all. Ooh. And I will I I've will got the director's get...
0: cut of Batman v. Superman. I, I have that and the director's cut idiots. of Suicide
1: Squad. I, I will get this movie at some point. When I can spend less than five dollars on it, but I I don't need to go see it. I saw it. I watched the trailer. I saw it. That and it really it. has
0: nothing to do with us w- and our preferences on whether we like women or not. And misogyny. We're not misogynistic. No, because I
1: will see Wonder Woman in the theater. Eighty four. Yeah, you're I'll gonna see, see it. that in the theater. I'll see it in the theater. I won't see it opening weekend. I won't rush. But that'll spend five dollars on. Oh, will you? Yeah. How benevolent of you.
0: Because I'm a Kristen Wig fan. Hmm. She's but, worth my $5. But Uan <laughs> McGregor is
2: not. You know what? How about this? Yeah? You want to go see it again? I, actually, I'm going to see it again with my wife. On a, tu- like, on a Tuesday when it's no, only $5? I'm going to give it my full oh, money. Oh,
0: you're spending full money, Vaughn. Because wow. I
2: had oh, wow. a shitload of fun watching this. I didn't it But you would see it, it, as it again. Well. I would see it again. I cannot count Lego Batman as a DCEU movie, but that is the top DC movie that is, I feel has come out in the modern age (coughs) of movies have you seen lego batman i have it is a fantastic i've heard it's supposed to be pretty fun it's It's a fantastic breakdown of the batman mythos and the mindset too like yes the lego thing is cute but like when you watch it that is batman and all the issues that come with it anyway i would put this almost as my number two or top dc film that i've seen Because Wonder Woman is great until that third act absolutely ruins the whole movie. I will fight you on that. And then Aquaman was really fun, but it had no idea what kind of movie it wanted to be.
0: And you haven't watched Shazam yet? And I haven't watched Shazam yet.
1: Okay. But I'm told it's fun. Shazam. I think Aquaman is the one that I had the most fun with. Yeah. Out of the DC films which is also kind of not fair because I'm a big Aquaman fan including mm-hmm. every version so mm-hmm. any changes that were made and anything they did I But then you also got a great director with James Wan And Wong. James Wan is a great director and Jason Momoa is charismatic he wouldn't he have been my choice for Aquaman but I still he, say he's I fine. still say
0: Lobo but
1: I I agree but mm-hmm. he he's fine he's charismatic he's fun to watch so I, I had the most fun with Aquaman, mm-hmm. but honestly, I, I really think Shazam is probably the best okay. of the bunch. Well, I own it because I bought it at a Black Friday deal, so
2: I probably will eventually well, I can't get wait to to find watch out it. what you think about that one. Okay. Until then, I thought this was fantastic. Definitely worth five bucks. Right. I'm gonna pay full price for it in theaters because it is worth it, and to me, it's a step in the right direction. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think. What did you think? Have you seen Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey? Do you agree with me that Cassandra Kane is an unnecessary character, but overall is a really fun movie? Hit us up on all our social media platforms. We've already mentioned them. What did you think?
0: Well, those were our current issues, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you found the content educational and entertaining. Until our next installment, I'm Mr. X. Marv Danger signing off. And I'm Dr. Impact. Reminding you to always keep your comic boxes safe from water damage. No one likes a soggy box with junk in it. That's our show, folks.
2: Tell your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible.
0: Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic pics, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed, <laughs> your power rings charged, and your proton
2: packs primed. Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy! Not the containment unit!
0: Oh, damn it. What's his mother's name? Maria? Maria, I think. Is it Martha? <laughs> it is not Martha. Glad you, you say that, Yeah. Owen McGregor. Owen?
1: Owen? <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you. Owen.
2: It's one of two words I can't say. I am an enigma wrapped in a mystery wrapped in bacon. He's
1: Mr. X is burning a hole through you. Oh, it's great! Can't wait to talk to the editor about this. Clearly, pistols back from vacation. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: I'll tell you, I do love toys, and I don't dwell in the basement. That's where my studio is. Uh huh. So it's my workspace. So I'm in the basement a lot. Other than that, uh, fuck you, sir.